Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and it's Friday. That means we turn it over to the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan here. Uh, listen, uh, the guy went to the doctor. The man went to the doctor, and the uh, doctor said that you're not going to live. You're going to live until just tomorrow. You got tonight. So the, the man calls his wife, says, you got to get off work now. And uh, she did. He told her the news. And they go to an amazing dinner. And then they go to the theater, romantic, you know, the last night. And then they, they get home. They make passionate love. They finally fall asleep. Uh, he wakes up. He wakes up at four in the morning, and he's like, "Oh, come on, let's make love one last time." She goes, "Well, it's okay for you. You don't have to get up in the morning." Okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. All right, done. I like that one. It's not a Duff classic, but it's better than some. Uh, we love Duff either way for delivering the goods every single Friday for the last three and a half years. Just like the Winnipeggers dish it up on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern and on Facebook and YouTube. This week's episode is probably my favorite. It's a classic. It's the Great Imitation Contest. And boy, (laughs) do we do some bad ones. We choose them for each other. So I'll tell you some of the people and characters that get impersonated. But you got to watch the Winnipeggers to find out which of the three of us does them. Me, Ribo, and Dave Spivak attempt Kermit the Frog, Edith Bunker, Mr. Rogers, John Lennon, Screech from Saved by the Bell, Woody Allen, Elmo, Darth Vader, and Barbara Streisand. We attempt a bunch of others too, fail miserably. Uh, you'll definitely laugh, and that's probably the uh, the best thing about the show. Definitely laugh at us and not with us, or either way. Come get your laugh on with the Winnipeggers. New episodes every Thursday at 9 p.m. on my Facebook page and my YouTube channel, and we will be going live, first time ever, live on November 5th on YouTube Live and Facebook Live, and you will see the debut of the Idiot Olympics. So stay tuned for that. But today, Santana and Ortiz from the Inner Circle return to Talk is Jericho. They came on over the summer to talk about the big stadium stampede, but this time they're talking about their journey to AEW, uh, including why they chose AEW over WWE. They're also talking about their time on the indies, their shoot jobs working security at Borders Books and TJ Maxx, their run as LAX at Impact, what they learned from Conan, and how they started tag teaming in the first place. Lots of great stories from Santana and Ortiz. Of course, also talking about the amazing parking lot brawl they had a few weeks ago with the best friends. Uh, a great episode here. And thanks in part, we got this uh, to our friends at Steven Singer Jewelers. If you're looking to take that next step in your relationship, uh, you need the perfect diamond ring to celebrate the occasion. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and check out the Ready for Love Engagement Ring Collection. And if you need some help picking out the perfect ring, Steven Singer has real expert jewelers on call to help you make your decision. Steven offers virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, emails, all with extended hours so you can get the help you need to make sure you get that yes. Steven is not going to let you screw this up. And of course, you're going to get a great price and amazing quality as well. And that's why other jewelers hate Steven Singer. And that's why we all love Steven Singer. Steven Singer has been selling online for over 20 years and offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Plus, he's got interest-free financing available online as well. And that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It doesn't get any easier than that. So go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Get fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. All right, so um, last week, uh, as we're recording this, the big match that everyone was talking about was the street fight parking lot brawl with Santana Ortiz and the best friends. And it's funny because we've been working together for a while with the Inner Circle. We did the big podcast with all five of us, but 
I've been wanting to do a podcast with just you guys, and after stealing the show last week, it's perfect timing. Like, how do you how did you guys feel about that that match and the reception it got? It was uh, a pretty exciting and eventful week, to say the least. I mean, it was for me personally, it was one of those things where it happened. I saw the reaction, and I put my phone down and just spent it with the family. Yeah, because it was like it was such a, a high mm-hmm. that I was like. I don't want anything else to, to, you know, yeah. So I just, I put my phone down. I spent it with the family and, and it was, it was good. How about you, Ortiz? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely an awesome feeling. It was, um, it was what it needed it to be. I, we kind of went into the match saying like, we need this to be a really good blow off. Cause, uh, I think the, the build up to it was decent to good, but I think uh, we needed the the exclamation point at the end, and and I'm happy we delivered. And uh, thanks to Jerry Lynn and kind of uh, funneling all our ideas and kind of setting it up for it to be the best possible match. And I think uh, I'm really happy with it. And I watched it. I got to sit down and watch it with um, my girlfriend and her parents, and they just looked at me like I was a maniac, and it was cool. It was, it was one of those things, too, because you filmed it after the show was done. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to see it because we we all split because I didn't know how late you'd be going. I don't know if it was gonna be another, you know, uh, stadium stampede of <laughs> yeah, an yeah, eight hour doing... shoot. But <laughs> we, we were really hoping not. But seeing it, like I had uh, I had Kevin Sullivan send it to me, just watching it, I was like, holy shit, this is this is great. But you guys did that all in one in one go, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah one yeah, take. It was one take. Yeah. It wasn't like it was stop, start, stop, start. Yeah. I I at one point I remember telling one of the production guys I was like. Please, no one yell cut in this match. It's yeah. it's gonna be bad. Like I, we were we were so hyped up and so at that that point where if we would have had to cut anything or or it would have killed the whole the whole match. I feel like so thankfully it kills your vibe of, of 100%. you, you kind of get into the bubble of the world. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why it's like it would be hard to be a, an actor, but actors aren't also doing these their own stunts. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you got to be mentally into it as, as as much as you are physically. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when how, when did you put that all together? Uh, that day, I mean, we we talked about things uh, over the week, and we we figured out some things we we wanted to do. But it was pretty much that day. We just got with each other. We went over it all day, and uh, yeah, and that was the end result. But some really creative stuff. Yeah, we were uh, we put together like a a group chat with all of us, and I just wanted my main thing was was making sure that all four of our visions were were being put out there and everyone had their uh uh their say in and whatever so we just got in a group text and started throwing little ideas here and there and uh what weapons we want to use what props we want to get together you know just the uh we were sharing other parking lot matches and and you know what i mean just trying to get an idea for the for the have madness there been, like what other parking lot matches were there we were watching uh, Eddie and Cena was one. Yeah. Then we watched um, there was Kurt a, and Jeff at TNA. Jeff Jarrett, yeah, they just mm. so that was yeah that was more of a potato each yeah, other. The it was, whole time. It was insane. Yeah. But um, and Devon and uh, uh, it was I don't I don't think it was a match. It was just like a segment. It was uh, all the Devon Dudleys. and Bubba. Yeah, I guess they they were feuding an impact and. Uh, uh, Devon just started just wailing on Bubba and he had like this one moment where Bubba's just like come on Devon alright I'm sorry and he's just like squandering in the corner and he's like I'm sorry I'm sorry but it was great uh, we wanted to actually do something like that in the match but it just didn't end up going but uh, I did yeah. that with Seth, Seth Rollins once when he was using the pedigree as a finish on top of a car and like you know it's it's scary because you know we take bumps to the ring and all that stuff but like mm-hmm. it's, it's a freaking car and I remember I 
I took the old the kind of pussy one on both of my knees. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I wish I could do that again. Uh-huh. But so, so what, what, was, what was the worst part of it for you guys? So you, like you said, you took some crazy bumps. Uh, getting smashed uh, in between the engine and the and the uh, hood. Oh. That sucked. You jumped off the hood onto the... Uh, yeah, it, uh, I was... I was uh, um, sandwiched in between the engine and the and the hood of the engine, and uh, Chuck did like a swanton type deal onto it. But then Trent just did the senton, and it just all the wind came out of me. My head hit the engine block. It sucked. What the dude? They, yeah. people, in movies, people die that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the guy's uh, car breaks down, he goes in to fix it, and the killer comes and slams uh-huh. the hood yeah. down and yeah. cuts him in half. It's not supposed to be that way. No, no, it it really sucked. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I'm glad we did it because it added to the to the match. But um, I probably wouldn't do that again. Mm-hmm. That sucked. Yeah. How about you? For me, um was right in the beginning when I I had the bright idea of 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 going head first into a side window a uh, side mirror of a car and, and, it and you know yeah <laughs> yeah usually those those mirrors come right off like yeah, you yeah, yeah. you kick <laughs> right. you kick that shit and it's coming yeah. off right and I was like hey right, I'll just take it head first and uh yeah I took it head first and it didn't budge <laughs> and it cracked me wide open so uh you know, yeah, you, it was, you it could was drive by, you know, some other car in the grocery store parking lot and nick it, and that thing's yeah. That's right. what I'm this one <laughs> not was not. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, was, what a rib! <laughs> I, I love the whole concept of it too, because it's something that I think we do a great job of, and we we always have a lot of different stories moving, but they all have beginnings and middles and ends. Mm-hmm. And you know, the beginning of it where you kind of smash up Trent's mom's uh, car. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she picks the guys up and they leave and she gives you guys the finger. I mean, what a yeah. great... I mean, that was got to be about a two-month storyline or yeah, so, right? Yeah, yeah. Just about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. It, it was awesome. And uh, shout out to Sue for uh, doing that. Uh, I know she'll never forgive us, but uh, <laughs> but uh, she was great, man. She was a team sport. And, and that, I think there was no better way to end the match than with that middle finger perfect. going up. Yeah. Yeah. She got her own t-shirt lover now. Yeah, and having, having to convince her the whole day to to because she didn't want to give us the finger really yeah and we were like that's taking the match from here to like way up there uh-huh. you know what i mean like that's it's, the the icing in the, the cake match. it's 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 the like you said it's the exclamation yeah. point on the story mm-hmm. yeah it mm-hmm. began with her and the car and mm-hmm. it ends with her in the car yeah. you know bad guys lose good yeah. guys win that's yeah. kind of the, the basic storytelling of what wrestling is mm-hmm. essentially it, it was just us feuding with sue Trent and Chucky taking the back seat. Yeah. Um, When when you're talking about your your experiences in in AEW, I mean that's got to be one of the highlights for sure. Um, And here we are, almost a year in. How has it been overall for 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 you guys? You could take. You could start. Uh, I think great. It's been a a huge learning experience because I've talked about this before, but uh, an impact we have Conan kind of like really like leading us into stuff and here. We're kind of left to our own devices, mm. like with the stuff that we learned there, and uh, with you and other people to kind of help us and guide us along the way. But uh, it's been a huge uh, learning curve, and I love it because it, it's been a new challenge. We've had to um, be more self-sufficient and come up with ideas on our own and stuff like that. And uh, I love it. I love the work environment and the people. I, I think we made the the best choice to come here. It's been a great year so far. Yeah, it's been. Uh you know, awesome work experience and, and stuff like that. Like I, I've, I've said it plenty of times, like this year is probably one of the worst years of my life, but the fact that, um, we still had this and, and something to, to point my 
you know, however I'm feeling or whatever I'm going through just to have that, that distraction or have that, uh, you know, that thing just to let loose and to mm-hmm. let shit out and, and, and things like that. So, um, I'm thankful that, that we still have this and, and, you know, and there's times, honestly, to be real with you, Chris, there's days where, uh, you know, we come here and my mind is all over the place, you know what I mean? Dealing with, with different things. I've always been open about, you know, my, my personal struggles and my mental health and stuff. So, you know, there's days where, you know, and, and just like anything, you or anybody, there's days where you, you just don't want to be around people or mm-hmm. you don't want to deal with shit or you don't, um, you know, and I've had plenty of those days, but um, I also try to uh, remind myself that we're living our dream every single day, mm-hmm. you know, where we're in such an amazing um, place in our lives, in our careers that uh, I can't let my personal shit like hinder that you know what i mean so well and the thing is too like and obviously the year started with with the passing of your father we've we've talked about that Mm -hmm. before but i think that like you said you had an outlet but a release but also used some of that like i still remember that promo that you did when we were doing the thing with moxley and Mm -hmm. then he was blind in one eye and your father actually was blind and you using that for this promo it was a real kind of eye-opening moment like holy shit this guy can do a really riveting, you know, interview mm-hmm. segment, which I thought was really good for you too. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're able to use some of that negative energy for a positive thing. Hundred percent. And and I mean, like it was, it was still, uh, you know, it, it was uh, one of those surreal moments when I look back and I'm like, damn, I was sitting across from Jr. Right. Uh, you know, doing this this interview, and and I automatically thought back to like all the greats have sat across from JR, you know, and, and done interviews. And those were the, uh, the moments that kind of like skyrocketed, you know, Mm -hmm. their careers and stuff like that. So, uh, it was, it was humbling and it was surreal. And, and I mean, we're, we're the type of guys and and me more, more than anything that like, we're always chasing that what's next, you know, we're always chasing that what the, the what's next. And we always want more. We always want to do more. We always want to be better. And, um, yeah, like it's one of those things too, where um, where if you're talking about you know um, working here, thanks Jeff, in AW, and kind of we're all in charge of our own stuff, and I mean it's it's amazing to me that after a year of of being here, we still have good stuff. Mm-hmm. We still positioned ourselves in in a great place because it was weird when we, when we first started. No one really knew what it was going to be like. Like I've never worked anywhere where there's, I mean Tony's the booker but you know i'm bake i'm booking on my stuff you guys have some ideas for your stuff mm-hmm. no one had ever been on live tv i shouldn't say no one a lot of people on our show hadn't been on live tv before mm-hmm. so it was really strange like how is this how is this going to come together mm-hmm. and yet every week it comes together yep it's amazing to me and that's a testament to uh you know not just the the performers and the guys and girls performing and but just the 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 team that's guiding all of us you know what i mean like like you and dean and and uh uh, jerry and a bunch of the other guys like we're we're all so lucky to have the team of of people guiding us that like man we got some of the best guys in the world you know what i mean like there's no if if you don't take something away from from any of them like you're up, you it's know interesting I mean? too. A lot of people have, have talked to me lately and mentioned Jerry Lynn's name of mm-hmm. being a really great 
agent, producer, coach, and you mentioned him right off the bat. So he was he he, he was good to work with. Oh yeah, he's the best. He's one of our favorite favorite agents actually to work with. Um, just I, he keeps his real. I guess it's the way his, the way his uh, mentality goes into structuring a match. And uh, it definitely uh, is compatible with the way we like to wrestle. So there's a, there's a compatibility there, and it's just great. Mm-hmm. I love working with Jerry. And then he's, <laughs> he's a legend in his own right, and it's it's just awesome to get to pick his brain and go back. And we'll, like, uh, when we hang out and stuff, and we'll go back. And uh, I was just talking to him. Uh, he told me he got to wrestle uh, Grand Naniwa and Michinoku Pro back in the day. And I love early 90s Michinoku Pro. And I was like, what? You got to wrestle him? And I found it on YouTube and I got to watch it. He was under some hood. I forgot what was his name. And it was just awesome to, to talk old school wrestling with him. Negro Casas would always call him Cangrejo. Cangrejo. Which is Spanish for crab. You see Cangrejo? He's Grand Naniwa. Cangrejo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you feel the same, obviously, about hundred percent. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry's the man, and he played such a huge role in in putting together that street fight. And he uh, he thinks of the small nuances, the the you know the yeah. small things that not everyone thinks about. And and for him, realism is key. You know, and that's the same thing with us. If uh, the more legit something looks, the better. You know, and because um, we're still in in the business of suspending belief, right? <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, absolutely uh, we all are. Yeah, so that's that's the uh the biggest thing. But yeah, he's he's the man and I look forward to continuing, you know, learning from him and and a bunch of the other guys. So let's talk about your journey to AEW, but before we get into it, if any of you guys out there are looking to improve your self-care routine and have no idea where to start, do what I did, use Hawthorne. Hawthorne is a premium tailored personal care brand that's making it super easy for you guys to feel and smell your best. All starts with the Hawthorne quiz. Ask you stuff like, what's your favorite drink? How do you spend a night out? Bar, club, home, hanging with friends? Ask how long is your hair? How you feel about sweat? What kind of personality you are? Introvert, extrovert? Actually, pretty fun quiz to take. Only took me about a minute. Hawthorne factored in all my answers and recommended a bunch of products for me. So Hawthorne recommended I get the clarifying shampoo and moisturizing conditioner for my hair, the hydrating bar soap or body wash for my skin, and the fresh and aquatic cologne. The shampoo and conditioner are great. You guys know I don't use extra products in my hair. It's such a rat's nest as it is. I don't use any special treatments. I just wash it when I shower. So the Hawthorne shampoo and conditioner are perfect. Look a little more closely at my hair when you watch AEW on Wednesday night. It's looking a little healthier and shinier these days either way. If you want to upgrade your self-care routine, Hawthorne is a fun and convenient way to get super high-quality products tailored specifically to your needs. And Hawthorne gives you free shipping on your orders and returns. So if you don't like your products, you can return them and you can have them retailed for you based on your feedback. Pretty cool stuff. Go take Hawthorne's quiz today. Get started on your personalized self-care routine by going to Hawthorne.co and use the promo code Jericho to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co, promo code Jericho. Take the quiz, smell good, feel good. Go to Hawthorne.co and use my promo code Jericho for 10% off your order and go do it today. So how tell, tell me kind of how the, the journey of you guys getting to AEW and, and you know obviously we'll talk about Impact as well but you guys were, were really high up on the food chain there and and what led you here? Um, well, we we had start we had gotten a an email from Impact in um, early March 2017, and uh, at first I. I, I thought it was a rib. He called, um, Ortiz called me while I was making lunch for my daughter. And uh, he's like, yo, I'm at work. 
look at the email because we at the time we we shared an email yeah we had um, a booking email we would go gotcha. and, and uh you know he's like yo there's an email there you need to go check out and uh i can't right now because i'm at work okay bye and i'm like bro i'm like making lunch for my kid i'm not calling anybody right now what do you mean you're at work like a day job uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. i had a shoe job still right it was gotcha. right before impact what yeah. was it i was a security guard at uh at uh tj maxx I, I would catch people stealing. I was like a planes clothes security. No guy. shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, mm -hmm. any uh, any uh, high spots from that over the years? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got into it a couple of guys. Uh, one one crazy time, a guy pulled out a knife on me, a big big blade, and I was just like, all right. Keep it. It was like fifty dollars sneakers. I was take like, I'm t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I was like, take it. Like, it is not that serious to me. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> so you got the email, and, and so we got the email, and and uh, I was it was it was an email from Jeremy Borash, and we were like, uh, I remember looking at the email, and I was like, what a rib. Whoever's rib, you know, we thought it was a rib the whole time. It was like, hey, this is Jeremy Borash from uh, Impact Wrestling here's my email here's my number please give me a call when you know as fa as soon as possible whatever and were you guys just working indies at that point in time? yeah at that point we were we had our our shoot jobs and we were working indies every week and um what was your shoot job i was <laughs> i was a conference coordinator for a law firm in midtown damn so this is only three years ago you guys are yeah. still nine yeah. to five in it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was under the assumption you guys have been you know, Ring of Honor and Impact for like ten years or something no, along those lines. Wow. wow we, okay. We were on the Indies for for nine years before we got before called. You got your first national yeah. chance. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were doing the Indies, and then that happened. And um, but right before, uh, sorry to cut you off. Like right before we got the call from Impact, we were we were really breaking out. We were starting to break out in the Indies and starting to wrestle more names and uh, getting more high profile matches. So it kind of all came together at the right time. Right. It's funny because right before we. We got that call maybe like two weeks prior. We wrestled the Dudleys and the Hardys. Yeah, in, in a York. match oh, in wow. New York, like a House of Hardcore or something. Or? It was uh, House, House of Glory. Glory. Gotcha. With Amazing Red, and um, we wrestled them there. And they, the Hardys, were still doing the the Impact thing at that time. Yep. And uh, two months later, we got that <laughs> that email. Yeah. And then uh, I remember, you know, uh, I finished making lunch. I told my daughter, yo, chill out here real quick. I ran in the bathroom I, I and I called um, Borash. And honestly, the, the conversation went so fast. It was, hey, there's an opportunity. Are you guys available such and such date? And we were like, we are now, you know, yeah. like it is, let's, let's do it. And then um, I remember um, at that point, actually, I had already quit my nine to five. I had quit in September and uh we got the call in march but i remember in september when i quit the nine to five i was like this wrestling shit needs to work now mm -hmm. like i have a family nice i have chance, an apartment yeah. yeah this is we're we're gonna uh no pun intended we're gonna go all in with this and we're gonna give it everything that we have and hopefully something comes of it you know like we were both uh, at the time he didn't have his kid i had my family and i was like this shit needs to work because if not i'm I'm screwed. Well, that's the thing. I think I, I'm, I'm not sure how old you guys are, but I'm assuming he's probably in your 30s now or close to it at least. I'm 29. 29. Yeah. yeah. I'm 34. So, well, about to be 34. So there you go. So, you know, you're not kids anymore. Yeah. You yeah. got to make this work, right? Yeah. yeah. Have a career. And, um, you know, thankfully, when, when I quit my job, I was like, 
now like we need to make money you know so we were right killing ourselves on the indies like it was yeah. insane like four days a week really? you know we were on the indies yeah. just, just bopping all around the country all over yeah mostly in new york area no nah, mainly northeast. yeah northeast down yeah. south we would go uh we did uh midwest a little bit mm. but um it was insane like i could it was great because I was able to pay my bills and still support the family off of wrestling, but That's our bodies were, yeah. were, you know, and, um, you know, finally we get the call back to the impact thing. We get that call and, um, I remember getting off the phone with Borash and I just hugged my daughter as tight as I could. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, this could be it. This could be something, you know? And I, I was like, uh, I don't have to, um, worry like shit next week we got to do groceries you know yeah, you got a guaranteed con contract yeah. yeah and um so yeah that happened and then uh maybe like 30 minutes later i got a call from uh 619 area code and you could already know <laughs> that one <laughs> and uh you know mr mr carlos sylvia no but uh conan called us well called me and did you know him? I that was the first time I ever Cold spoke call. with. Him. He gotcha. just yeah. a phone call from him. He's like, because he he was doing LAX before. Yeah, which mm -hmm. was Homicide Hernandez. Homicide Hernandez. Yeah, and then did, you guys came in as kind of like the new, the new age, the yeah. new age LAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Conan had the idea. Yeah. Uh, well, they. Uh, I think uh, how the story goes. Jeff had hit up Conan and was like, "Hey, I want you to come back." So they had wanted him to come back and be a mouthpiece for someone. And he was like, nah, if I'm going to come back, I want to bring back LEX, you know, and I want Homicide with me and I want to I want to bring him back. But I need two new cats. You know, Conan has always been he's always trying to find a new talent. That's right. Yeah. So very uh, much so. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he said he wants to be LAX. And they were like, all right, fine. Find the two guys. So uh, through word of mouth, uh, Shane Strickland. Uh, Swerve in NXT at the moment, he was working with uh, Conan and Lucha Underground. And he just threw our name to him. And he was like, yeah, I, I know two Puerto Ricans. They're a tag team. You want Latinos. Here you go. And he did some research on us. He looked up some matches on YouTube. Uh, and then really the, the, the deciding factor was Homicide. He was like, hey, do you know these cats from New York? And Homicide goes, yeah, I know them. And then he, he was like, what do you think? And he's like, yeah. They're the ones. <laughs> you know? Homicide, and little did he know, Homicide is, has been our mentor since, I mean, since we started yeah gotcha, yeah he's yeah. been he's been like you know he was the guy that for all of new york really yeah but but if if you were like he respected us because he saw like uh what they did early on in their career and us saw your we growth were doing it the right way yeah. yeah exactly we were wrestling everywhere we were getting better every time he would see us we would get better and um he kind of mentors all of new york like if you see something in someone he'll kind of nurture it and kind of put them in the right path but uh, yeah, and it just worked out to, to be what it ended up being. How did you guys end up becoming a tag team in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> well, we both separately went uh, separate training. We went our separate ways. We met up randomly at the show. We were maybe three years into our training. We we're still green. Did you know each other? Each other yeah, we used to backyard wrestle with each other, actually. Oh, so you guys teenagers. Kids. Yeah, teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right on. But we weren't like yeah. friends, friends back then, but yeah. we, knew, we knew each other. We would hang out in the same circles. But we weren't as close as we are now. Now we're just an old, grumpy, married couple. <laughs> yeah. That's how it gets, too. Yeah. That's what Big Show used to say to me all the time. He's like, well, you're acting like you're my, you're my wife and we're 50 years old. And put on your yeah. glasses. <laughs> Stand up straight. Yeah, that's us. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So uh, you had you had backyard wrestled as kids and then went to train and then kind of drifted away. Yes. And then ran into each other again. Yeah, we ran into each other. Uh, it was at a random show, and um, he had just came back from Puerto Rico, and he was just like, "Hey, I I need a shoot job. Like, I just got back from Puerto Rico. I need to make some money." And uh, I, we were just shooting the shit, and I was like, "Hey, they're hiring at my job. If you want to do it, and it was sort of the same thing—a security guard type deal job at uh, Borders Books." And uh, yeah, and then I recommended him for the interview. He got the job, and then as you can imagine, all we did was talk about wrestling twenty four seven. And we were like, "Yeah, let's become a tag team. Let's do this. Let's do that." And then yeah, we just uh, we 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 envisioned it and we dreamed about it every single day. And then randomly one day he uh, he trained up at the school in the Bronx, right? Well, the icing on the cake before any of that, the uh, what really made like the deciding factor in us becoming a tag team. And, and us having the common understanding of what it's going to take to become great and to, to get to where we want to get to is uh, one day he came to me and he was like, yo, I just finished reading this yeah. book and uh, you should really check it out. It's awesome and, and whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a wrestling book. I check it out. And uh, he brings me the book and it's uh, a lion's tale. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. And oh, that's uh, cool. And then uh, I read the book in like two days, and I remember coming to him, and I was like, "This is it. This is this is." Uh, so, what was it about the book that that inspired you? It, it was, was the blueprint the of blueprint. of just the way you did it, your oh, journey, and how you the journeyman. You mm -hmm. wrestled everywhere. You got really good, on, and you were ready to to go when you were there. Before, yeah. So our our biggest thing was that before you got to you know WWE and you did you know the big stuff. You traveled the world mm -hmm. and you went and, and built your name up in every territory that you wrestled for. Right. And that was like, that's how we need to do it. Yeah. So that like, especially early on when in our impact run and when we really started traveling out of the country and stuff, we were like, this is exactly that's how cool. it needs to go. You know, we, we do the States, we get out, we'll go to Mexico, we'll do shit there. We'll go to Germany, mm -hmm. we'll do shit there, mm -hmm. go to, Eng and we just did that whole loop until... AEW. So you guys toured around together doing all of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we went, even it was super hard as a tag team, as you can imagine. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get booked in, the, in these two guys, That's playing hard, flights yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's why a lot of it in the beginning was a lot of driving mm -hmm. for nothing. We would get paid nothing. If, if anything, we would break even at times. And that's why we had shoot jobs. I would have to pay off the credit card just to break even, just so we could do it right again, yeah, yeah, yeah. right in the weekend. But yeah, we did it together somehow, some way. What you said uh, earlier was great. You said that... Uh, he called you and said, I just came back from Puerto Rico. I got to make some money. And uh -huh. you think if you just come back from a tour, you're going to have your money. No. <laughs> it's Puerto Rico. Yeah. Money. Uh -uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had, I had left to Puerto Rico because of, you know, some, yeah, yeah. I had to get away from, from the city for a little bit. Gotcha. So I had to disappear a little bit. And then uh, I was I was dead set. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going I'm gonna to go to PR. I'm going to figure it out over there, make my life or whatever. And and because uh, I didn't see myself coming back to the city. Because I was like, ah, for what? The same shit? To keep right. getting into trouble? Right. To keep, you know, at the time I was uh, 18, 19, you know, I was like, I, I can't keep doing this to myself. I can't keep putting my family through mm -hmm. the same shit. So I was like, I'll chill over here. But then uh, out of nowhere, I found my ass back in New York. Because <laughs> it, <laughs> it calls it, you back. Yeah, man. it always calls. So and, what were some of your favorite places that you went to when you traveled around the world that you mentioned? I love England. Manchester is one of my favorite places on earth. Uh, I just have really good memories in that city. 
Uh, I love Germany. Germany uh, was Germany's the best awesome. for me. Yeah. Would you guys go over there for an extended length of time or just for oh, a we show? Went over, we would go for a few weeks. Like we, we, were, two, two, we did two tours over there. We did a big tag league with uh, WXW. Oh, I've heard of that yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Bad Bones? Yep, yeah. Bad Bones is yeah. one of them, yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we did two tours. We did one tag tournament and then we went back and we did like a little like uh, uh, three week three week or two weeks two and like a half two, two and a half weeks where we just got in a van and we would do all these small towns in Germany and that was that's really great cool. I didn't know you guys had that much experience overseas yeah. like that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there was one place that we wrestled in Germany that it was like a, a famous uh, heavy metal like venue it was called Hellraiser oh really it's in it it's in uh, it's in Leipzig yeah. Leipzig yeah. I think yeah. and Part man you go in there it's a small spot yeah. you know what I mean but in, in the backstage area, just the posters <laughs> and eight by tens of <laughs> everyone have been there. Have been there. Yeah. Everybody's been there. It's crazy. Um, we were so hungover that day. Oh, it was so, so much. Was the so night bad. before, the, the, like the boys took us out. We got so hammered. We stood up to 6 a.m. and we had to be on the bus at 7 a.m. Yeah. We got back, literally passed out for 20 minutes, got up, was still drunk. But the best, the <laughs> best part about that that day was the promoter and all the guys were like, cause we were in the van out, yeah. right? We saw and the, the whole pro- day. Yeah, and the promoter and everybody's like, how are they, we're in the main event. And they were like, how are they, these guys are cooked. <laughs> they're, they're not going out there to wrestle. Uh-huh. They're gonna give a shit before whatever. <laughs> Maybe two matches before ours. They're, not, they're like waking us up, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we call the match. And main event, we shut that shit we down. Can, yeah. It was okay. all. It was, and then we get to the back, and the promoter is like, "I did not expect that." <laughs> and I was like, "You're welcome. I'll go to sleep." I remember we were in Sheffield. I was actually on my birthday, like November 9th. I think so. It was the tenth. The ninth was the day before, and I got same thing. Super drunk, six in the morning, barely make the bus, and I get to the venue, and that's uh, the first time I ever worked with Undertaker in a single Ooh. match on TV. On TV and uh, so I found a couch, kind of like this one that you guys are sitting on in an office. I turned the lights off. I set my phone alarm for like 4 o'clock, and I went to sleep. I woke up, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Went downstairs, the old classic, just a cup of water. Throw it in your face. <laughs> slap yeah. your face. Uh-huh. And same thing. Tore that shit up. And the rafters, yeah. Undertaker just sitting there going, no, that's what wrestling's all about. I was like, yes! <laughs> Fuck, I feel like shit, but I'm glad we had a good match. <laughs> part of being great man yeah, you got to do that too uh-huh so so that like i said that, i think that's really uh, interesting that you guys did that because not only does it give you ring lessons and wrestling lessons mm-hmm. it's also really good life lessons yes how to be away from home and how to survive you know in leipzig germany you know in a van or whatever it may be mm-hmm. yep i think that's something that a lot of a lot of you know younger wrestlers should do mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of them don't now because you basically just get signed right out of wrestling school in a lot of ways yeah and yeah. you learn you you lose a little bit of that um, how to how, how to know how to get over anywhere mm-hmm. independence of that you mm-hmm. know did you guys find that that helped you when you come back to the states 100 percent. like we the the fact that we um you know we would go to these different countries or whatever and people knew who we were was like humbling as shit or you know? making new then, fans or make yeah and then making new fans and people are like man i've never seen you guys but holy shit you know yeah. like and then coming back to the states it was like yeah so everything that we learned and everything we were putting forth over there let's bring it here and just blow it up you know and uh it's been a a, a wild time yeah, it's what been was wild. your name at that point in time 
It was Santana and Ortiz. We were well at when we were. No, so we started traveling overseas during our Impact run a lot. Okay, like yeah. that's when we started doing that. But before Impact, it was Angel Ortiz and Mike Drastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Drastic, was, the yeah. real deal, Mike Drastic. Yeah. yeah, and we were EYFBO, and it stands for entertaining your fucking balls off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wasn't there some other weird name that you guys had? Some kind of a collective name, like. Hivisu or what the hell was I looked something up on, on Wikipedia like, EYFBO maybe is that what it was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see, that's one of my favorite things when 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 we first met I didn't know if your name was Mark Mike if there was Adam <laughs> yeah. and he's calling you Richie I'm like hell man what's this guy's name that's the best because you you commit a crime <laughs> yeah it's all it's a wrap mvp is like that too he was on the cruise this year we were uh, yeah. up all night like you said solving the world's problems and I was like what the is your name I, mean, yeah. for 10 years. <laughs> I just call you m like what is it you know is it alvin is it you know uh, hassan what yeah, is your yeah. name dude and, and conan's like that too he's carlos he's charles he's he's k-dog he's conan like mm -hmm. which one is it dude? Mm -hmm. you know like maybe that's the reason why all you and that's how it's been and that's how it's been since i was a kid too because uh, as a kid my family they call me anthony anthony's my middle name and then so it's anthony and then i go to school or work as mark or if i go chill in certain circles as you know mike or it's this or is that so i'm Why like are you calling richie again uh the movie la bamba so us and our boys we had we had an inside joke uh, we would talk about that movie all the time especially when we'd be in those van rides so i just i i can't put my finger on it the exact moment we decided to call him richie but we were just like yeah you're richie valens man that's what it is <laughs> Yeah. At this point, I just I just take it on the hey chair. I just keep it going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you guys were at Impact for a couple of years. Let's talk about your time there. And we'll get to that after I say thank you to our great new sponsor, Vincero Watches. Making a statement does not have to cost you a fortune. With Vincero Watches, you can elevate your look without breaking your bank. Vincero creates exceptionally crafted watches so that you can look good and feel good no matter your budget. And if you visit VincerowWatches.com slash Jericho and use the promo code Jericho, you'll get 50% off your entire order and free shipping. The watches look amazing too. They've got so many unique designs that you won't find anywhere else. See them for yourself at VincerowWatches.com slash Jericho. You know that saying, look good, feel good, play good? Well, that's Vincero Watches' mission. They want to make you feel your best because when you do, you can do anything. They got 23,000 five-star reviews. They take quality seriously because there will always be an occasion when you really want to impress and smartwatch combos just won't cut it. Uh, dates, anniversaries, weddings, special occasions, all times when a nice watch makes a difference. So check out Vincero Watches dot com slash Jericho get an extra 15% uh, off your order plus free shipping and did I mention that Vincero offers a warranty on your watch for up to two years that's the truth stress-free shopping right from your own home so don't overpay for a watch that looks cheap and disappoints go to vincerowatches.com slash Jericho use the promo code Jericho to get 15% off their already affordable watches and take advantage of the free shipping and the two-year warranty. That's VinceroWatches.com slash Jericho. Use the promo code Jericho at checkout for an extra 15% off your order. This is one buy you won't regret. Tell us about the time and impact. Because um, you were there for two years or three years? Two years. Two and a half, yeah. Two and a half. And you guys were working all over the place. And obviously, I think Don Callis came in at that time, mm -hmm. right towards the end of it or maybe in the middle of it or whatever mm -hmm. it was. 
It was probably in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was what was it like when when there was kind of a change in, in of regime there? Man, it was uh, it was uh, it was hectic. Mm. Uh, there was a lot going on. It was hectic when we came in and yeah. and at the you know the very first yeah. that first month, man was. It, there was a change of regard. So Jarrett was taking it back over from Dixie. So there was a lot going on. Then there was like a new regime coming in. There was. You know, the guys that were there from Disc- Dixie they were kind of on their way out. They were bringing in new people to kind of run stuff. So there was just like a million things going on. And uh, it was, they got it together, especially towards the end when we left. Like, they got a smaller crew. They, they had less cooks in the kitchen. And, and it was, it, a lot more things got done. But uh, during that time, it was just, it was chaos, honestly. We had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. The, the day that they put the tag title on us was our second day in the company. We had no contract signed, no nothing. We didn't even know we were winning the titles. We just come up and we're, uh, Scott Demore was the agent of the match. So we, we walk up, we're talking about the match, and we're just like, yeah, we're calling it. All right, cool, cool, cool. And then he's like, yeah, LAX is up and uh, it's for the titles. And then we just look at each other and we're just like, okay, all right. We play it cool. Yeah, we're like, course. yeah, whatever. The, the meeting breaks, we walk off to the corner and we're like, what the f- is going on? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I have no idea what's going but, uh, on. But honestly, like, not to cut you off, but I wouldn't have it have had it any other way yeah, because cool. I feel like that truly taught us, like, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim. Yeah. yeah. So this you're, is how the business really works. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're going to, you, they're putting in, us in this position. You're either going to make it work or you're going to shit the bed. Yeah. And thankfully, you know, at, at that point, we had, uh, you know, been working some time and and we had our experience and and thankfully that also we had conan there to to help guide us and stuff but man it was like i wouldn't have it any other way yeah. because it, it 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 was like fire under the ass and and keep it going you there's, know there's I mean? no time to yeah, think about it exactly yeah. oh, we were definitely set up for success there though we had a good team behind us and um being that we were kind of like borash's and um conan's project they took care of us. So obviously they put us in the best possible position to make us look good. And uh, yeah, and, and it's funny. We were sitting maybe a couple of months after, you know, we, we already signed. We were already in the company. And Borash, we were all kind of shooting the shit. And he was like, we didn't think you guys were going to work out the way you did. But you did. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Sometimes you hit it out the, yeah, the yeah. park and sometimes it just He didn't realize how ready you guys were. Yeah, to, exactly. To, you know, you bring in people all the time that mm-hmm. haven't done what you guys had done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny because people think all the time like, like I remember my, the first time I won like the undisputed championship, and my wife was like, "Why didn't you fly me in or tell me?" It's like I I found out literally that afternoon. <laughs> it's the famous story where mm-hmm. I was at catering and Vince and Undertaker were were standing there, and, and Vince knew I could hear him. He was like, "Taker, you know, you know, you know, the business is going on the toilet. How we're putting the title on Jericho?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I heard. Like, is he serious? I was like, "Yeah, you're going over." Really? Like, I had no idea. Three yeah. hours later, I'm the undisputed champion. I think people think sometimes there's this big, long, you know, thing mapped out as it should be. Mm-hmm. Not sometimes necessarily the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, what kind of uh, made you guys start thinking that it was time to, to get away from, from Impact? So we we um, we had did the... Uh, we had did the first Jericho cruise... Right, we did the first Jericho cruise. That's that was, right. That's that, the first time I met you guys. Yeah, that was yeah. the first time that we we met you, and the first time we worked with uh, the Bucks. And um, you know, we had a great match with the Bucks, and we 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 noticed our chemistry with with them, and 
it was great overall great experience and stuff yeah, like that interpromotional yeah ring was, of honor and impact yeah yeah some, yeah, yeah. Like some real dream matches yeah at the time. and it was it was awesome like i me as a wrestling fan you know 10 15 years ago and and being on a uh, a big ass boat yeah. with all these you know wrestlers and uh, amazing but uh yeah we did that match we had that weekend and and i think after that we started talking we were like I, up to that point we were we had maybe eight months left eight maybe. months left in in our our contract and we started talking we were like hey you know um at that point we were already four-time tag champs there we had uh, did every like major match that they had. <laughs> we had worked all the guys there, um, and we've always we've always told each other like the only way to get better is to continue working with good people yeah. and to to just continue gaining new experiences and stuff like that. And um, you know, we both agree. We were like, what? The first thing we said was, what else is left for us to do? What can we do? Because again, we're always chasing that. What's next? We're always wanting to grow and wanting to get better. Um, so we're like, what? What's left for us to do here? What are we gonna do? How are we gonna be different? How? And also at that point, like we felt like the crowd was almost turning on us too because it was like we've been in this top position mm -hmm. since we came in. We've done everything that the company, you know, has put us in. And we we're like, what else are we gonna do? You know what? And um, and we we're like, yeah, we got to continue growing. You know, we want we uh, we want to get to a point where we. And, and the biggest thing was uh, we want to give our families a great life. You know, like we both right. gr we both grew up two poor kids in New York City, and um, like I I I told my girl and I told my daughter and and we told each other we were like, we'll never be poor again. I refuse, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I would do whatever I need to do. But uh, like that was our biggest thing. We want to continue growing, growing our brand, growing ourselves and, and giving our families a great life. You know, you, you more than anybody knows, you know what I mean? Like you've, you've done it all. And, and now you and your family get to live an amazing life. And you're still rocking and rolling, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah. Well, because you got to take a chance too. Like you said, yeah. when, you know, the old school mentality if you're in a territory and you start getting stagnant well then you leave and go to the next territory mm -hmm. well thankfully there was a new mm -hmm. territory for us when did you start hearing about aew uh shortly after the cruise mm -hmm. it was a couple of months yeah it uh, was it was uh maybe like a month after a month after the cruise yeah. uh that's about right because it'd be about november of 2018 that's when yeah started mm -hmm. getting rolling, yeah. and then um cody had contacted us okay and it was just like hey how long you have left that impact and then we told him and he was like okay keep me keep, 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 keep me, me in the loop yeah. <laughs> and we were like all right so already based off that we already knew we had another option so when it we we, we were actually at the time we, we we were trying to negotiate with impact we were like hey uh we need a little bit more money um and they were kind of uh, going back and forth with us, which i understand they're running a business so they're not gonna just outright give us exactly what we want so just honestly with that, just going back and forth with that and then knowing that we had other options and also WWE was an option at the time uh, because Borash now works there. And right. That, that was our in. So, uh, yeah. So we were just like, OK, what are we going to do? And then, you know, when when it came up and we were maybe at like, I say, a couple of weeks out from uh, leaving Impact, we still didn't know. We were like really sitting there and trying to make the decision. And they were like, all right. 
just stay for one more year. You know what I mean? Just do one more year and whatever, and we'll figure something out. And we're just like, ah. But we, we were going over in our heads. It was like, what are we going to do? Right. We're, right. we're going to just stay here and just people are going to turn on us. And then what about if we stay here and they kind of feel like we're going we're gonna to leave and maybe they, they bury us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or something shitty happens. And I was like, hey, we're willing to do business the right way. We'll lose on the way out. We'll do. We'll put over whoever you want to put over. But uh, yeah, we, we just felt like it run, it's ran its course. And we loved the people there. We loved working there. But uh, yeah, we just felt that we needed to grow. We needed to, we felt like we were um, big fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. And not that we weren't being challenged, but we wanted the challenge to try to work our way up from, from somewhere Well, just else. starting a company that, that never existed, you know, a week prior was a challenge. Like, yeah. It was the same yep. for me. Yep. You know, and, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I came here too, is knowing what I would be doing in WWE and not knowing for sure what we'd be doing AEW because there was no template, there was no mm -hmm. blueprint. So and it goes back to taking the chance. Let's like take you a said. chance. Yeah. Exactly. That's 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 why. So you mentioned WWE. Did you have some contact with them beyond just talking with Jeremy? Uh, yeah, we were we were talking with um, with Regal back and forth, mm -hmm. like for for a few months. You know, we we were going back and forth with Regal, and they they had. Um, told us they were really interested in, in having us and, and all this stuff. And they had seen what we were doing at impact and, uh, on the Indies and stuff. Cause we were, we were also working a lot with, uh, progress wrestling and WXW, which are two like sister companies now to with WWE. Now. With yeah, WWE. Right, yeah. And, um, we were doing a lot of work there and, and the guys they, at progress put in words for us and they're like, yeah, guys like, are great. Like whoever they had contacts mm -hmm. from WWE, they were constantly put us over to the to office. And we told, and we, we, we kept it real with Regal too. We were like, you know, this is this is what it is, and and well, he kind of knew. He was like, yeah, I know what's he, up. <laughs> yeah, he knew what was yeah. up. But I I also appreciate that he kept it real yeah. with us, you know. And yeah. he was like, uh, you know, he told us straight up. He was like, no decision is a bad, is a wrong decision right now for you guys. You guys are in a, you know a prime spot, and um, just be smart about it, you know, and, and whatever you feel is the best and you, you do what you need to do for yeah. yourselves and your family. You didn't make it easy. <laughs> no, but they, they <laughs> really didn't. didn't. Well, not yeah. to mention too, you guys are New York guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I grew up in Winnipeg, but I'm a New York guy in Winnipeg might as well be, you know, as far as being a WWF stronghold, mm -hmm. that's the same as New York city. I mean, mm -hmm. was it hard to turn down going to the WWE where we all grew up watching? hundred percent. Of course. It, it, it definitely, it definitely was uh, a tough decision. And it's funny cause we made, we made our final decision in Puerto Rico, oh, yeah, sitting. Puerto Rico, yeah. <laughs> we it all goes back, but we were we were sitting in a Walgreens parking lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, were you working there. Or? No, we well, oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, did, yeah, we did, we, we did, yeah, we did a show. Yeah, we're, we're not working at Walgreens. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we, we champions for this co uh, company, uh, WWL. In Puerto Rico, uh, yeah, in Puerto Rico, and we were champs at the time. Gotcha. So we were doing the loop. I think we were losing the titles. I think so. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. our last because we already knew we were going somewhere, whatever the decision yeah, yeah, was. So we had to like finish up, lose, drop the titles, and I think that was the loop we were dropping the titles. But to go to his story, when we were sitting the, we we have this whole spiel. So we made the decision. We sat there. We made the decision. We 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 we, we drank a couple of beers that day, and we were like, all right, what what are we doing? And I was like, all right, we're gonna go with AEW. All right, cool, we're going with AEW. And then he has this whole spiel. He was like, we don't want to burn a bridge. We got to do it the right way. He has this whole spiel in his head. I just, yeah, I was just like, we we got to keep it real. Let's yeah. just keep it real with them, and and you know yeah. what I mean. It, it is what it is, you know. But um, uh, he goes to start saying his spiel to Regal. He has him on speakerphone, and he's like, all right, blah blah blah. He starts, and Regal just already hears it. 
already off the back. And he's like, pause, stop, stop right there. And he was like, listen, guys, if you haven't signed anything put to pen to paper yet, then just keep me informed. Just weigh out your options. But if there's something else that you want or you need from us and we can make it work, let us know. I'm like, man, <laughs> like, just say. And then just want to say. You yeah, guys. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, what's funny is that, like, the conversation before that, we had told them what we wanted, like, pretty much. Hey, if we ever decided to come here, this is what we want. This is how we wanted yeah. to go, and this, and they said yes to everything. <laughs> so I was like, "Come Dang. on!" Like, the, you know what <laughs> so, I mean? So, like, what was the final thing then? What was it about AEW that like the AEW saying yes, 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 yes? Like you said, taking a chance. Yeah, wow. Taking the chance. Taking a chance. The and schedule was a huge thing because we both have young children. Sure. We, we know like back in the old days, you didn't see your children grow yeah. up. Five yeah. days a week yeah. on the road. And uh, We I, wanted to be dads. We wanted to raise yeah. our kids and also yeah. still continue doing what we love to right. do. Yeah. And we and were thinking uh, best case scenario. Let's say we, we go, we blow up. We become the best tag team. That means we're going to have the most work. Yeah. You know, and that's what we shoot for. We're not going to go there to, to be stagnant and mm -hmm. just to be, we, yeah. we don't want to be low car guys. We want to be at the top of the card. So let's just say best case scenario is like, we're, we're not going to raise our children. Like our wives are going to raise our children, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was the biggest thing. Just how we knew the schedule was going to be here. And that was a huge decision. Also to get the chance to work with you. Let's talk about when and how you guys found out you're going to be part of the inner circle. And we'll get to that after a friendly reminder from our friends at NHTSA who are helping keep us safe on the roads. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you might feel tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Don't do that ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are and they can't stop quickly, even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away. It can take a train over a mile to stop, over one mile to stop. Think about that. And by that time, it's too late, and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive, and the train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it could end in terrible disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you just need to remember one thing, stop, because the trains can't. All right, getting back to Santina and Ortiz. Uh, so you guys signed with AEW. And when did they tell you about the inner circle? That was the 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 uh, once we had made the final decision. Yo, this is where we're coming. Yeah. Then uh, the guys were like, "Okay, this is what Matt you know." Nick. Yeah, yeah. Matt and Nick. Yeah, Matt and Nick were like, "This is what what's the plan and what you guys are going to be doing." And and we were like, "Yeah, uh, let's Full do circle, it." You know? circle. Yeah, yeah reading, it was us reading your book, becoming a tag team, and then getting to work with you. We were yeah. like, "I mean, yeah." Well, all those factors kind of factor in for us to kind of make that. And then also, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, tag team wrestling, you know, mm -hmm. tag team wrestling mm -hmm. is, is great point, you know, something that we've dedicated our careers to at that, you know, getting here. And, and we were like, if we go to WWE, more than likely we're, we'll have our tag run and they'll split us up mm -hmm. and we'll, you know, that's they, just they the reality the track record. with tag right. Yeah. They that's the reality do. of their system yeah. and what they do. So we were like, Let's go to AEW. Let's let's uh, you know just do the whole tag thing and and yeah. But mainly being able to raise our our families, uh, you know the tag team thing and and the schedule and stuff like that. We were like, yeah, hell yeah. And we we you know since the beginning and talking you know with with the Bucks and stuff like we believe in the vision. We mm -hmm. believe in 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 what uh, AEW is is doing and um, we want to be a part of it. Yeah. You know like. 
and and we say it all the time like no matter how long this lasts no matter what happens no matter we could say that we headlined the first dynamite we uh you know we got to be in a group with chris you know and learn from chris stadium stampede now. stadium stampede <laughs> yeah, right, you know yeah. like all these first things like yeah. will always be a part of that history so um yeah you know it, it's funny too because because i think they just put that together like the first match on dynamite it was it was the three of us against the uh, matt nick and kenny, kenny and kenny yeah. yeah yeah but we had never we hadn't had any storyline or anything like that mm -hmm. it was just kind of like here's three bad guys right like mm -hmm. we didn't say we're the inner circle at that point no, no. Not yet, yeah. right mm -hmm. so um and, and I, w I would love to see that back you guys might remember better than i did when we were putting together the, the whole concept because tony's like we want you to be in a faction and i was like i don't like factions and nobody you're gonna lead it like you're the rick flair of the faction then i was like okay well that's pretty cool because to me whenever i think faction i think of like you know, NWO where there's 50 fucking guys and I'm <laughs> guy number 27. Uh -huh. um, so then, like, well, who's going to be in it? And and I remember you guys' names were, were mentioned right off the bat because at one point, briefly, there was a thought of using uh, Penta and Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want, not that I don't want them either, they're amazing, but I didn't like the idea of me with the masked guys. Yeah. And then your name was brought up. Like, this is perfect. Two, like, like street thugs and mm -hmm. ruffians, just some badass-looking dudes, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we've talked about with with Hager and with with Sammy. But so it was one of those things because I didn't know anything about you other than I met you on the cruise. I'd seen a couple of matches there, and then, of course, I remember. I don't know if I called Conan about you or he called me about you. We talked and said, "Yeah, these guys are great." Because Conan wanted to come in at first. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Well, they don't need a manager. I'm the manager. Like they're with me now." Mm -hmm. So you know, sorry, buddy, but not that mean. But basically, like the vision of it was to bring you guys and nothing against impact, but there was a stink about impact at that time. It's pretty much gone now because they've done such a great job in returning, mm -hmm. but let's get them away from, from impact. Uh, we don't know if we can get the, the copyright to LAX. It's like we don't need it. Mm -hmm. Let's do something new with mm -hmm. it, you know? So all of that stuff kind of combined to us, you know, how you doing buddy? Let's, let's main event the first. <laughs> yeah. Nine show, right? yeah. And that was the same thing with us. We wanted to get away. We wanted to, a fresh start you know what i mean we uh, we have built our 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 uh our brand and our thing with with what we were doing in the ring and traveling and all this stuff but as far as the name like i felt like we needed something new something fresh mm -hmm. and and uh just a fresh start coming here and just starting all over and so describe uh, a proud and powerful Tell, tell us about the name and what, what that means to you guys. I remember at first I was like, I don't really get it. And you explained it to me. You did explain it, which made more sense. Yeah. So um, I think the, the first it originated from this, from actually the, the dude that did our theme song, Bodega Bams. He has a crew called Tamboys. And it's him and, and pretty much all his friends from from the hood and stuff. And uh, he he has this this phrase, being proud and powerful. And it's with everything, being proud of who you are and, and being proud makes you powerful. You know, it makes you, you know, and um, when I explained it to you, I was like, you know, where we come from, there's not a lot of uh, people that have hope or that have direction or that have a dream or that have, you know, so I felt like it was important for us to to be those guys that that those dudes on the corner looked at it and be like, yo, if they right. were able to get to where they got to, being from where we're from, going through the same things that we've gone through, then why the fuck?
are we here standing on the corner wasting our lives away mm-hmm. that was for me that was my biggest thing like I was one of those dudes at one point I didn't I didn't have any direction at one we're gonna get out of here yeah that and and I felt that was part of the reason why I left to Puerto Rico but I realized when you when you have passion and you have a dream like nothing or no one could like take that from you mm-hmm. you know what I mean and when you put your everything into it it's possible and it, you know and, and, it, and it may sound cheesy and everyone says it all the time like but like we're living proof of that mm-hmm. you know what i mean when you same thing with you mm-hmm. when you were younger you wanted to be a professional wrestler you wanted to be a rock star mm-hmm. and today you're both you know so and also coming from a small prairie town in canada yeah. with no internet how the hell do you do that you know yeah. what i mean then same with you guys in the biggest city in the world but that's the most people in the world i'm sure you know dozens of guys that you grew up with or that that you that that, that were like you at some point mm-hmm. that are have no job in jail passed away whatever yep. maybe or doing the same thing that they were doing 20 years ago right same exact yeah. thing right 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 you guys always st- will you always stay in new york you always live there you're not going to move out to the country me or? no i'm i, I want to move I'm, yeah. I, I'm i'm about to move soon but he he doesn't want to leave i don't i don't want to leave Rico. he'll yeah. go to puerto rico yeah. i i don't want to leave but i'm also realizing the the whole main reason why i've i've stood in new york for so long not only cuz i'm born and raised and and i love i love new york but now especially now like the old new york is disappearing little mm. by little every day like I, I i i moved and i live in the bronx now because i feel like it's the only borough that still truly harnesses that old gritty new york culture mm. and and i love that that's what i was what yeah, i came yeah, up yeah. with and um but now even the bronx that's slowly disappearing you know gentrification like, yeah man like you go you go down to the south bronx now and south bronx was you know at one point was one of the grittiest neighborhoods in in yeah. the city and now they're calling it sobro and they're they're opening up coffee shops they just fit they're they're almost done building these uh these four freaking condo buildings in the south bronx since when <laughs> like so bro, so bro. <laughs> what the hell is that but um but yeah like old new york is disappearing mm-hmm. and i feel like eventually it's it's gonna be time to uh you know vacate yeah for yeah. me it's more the pandemic kind of opened things up my eyes up to anything i'm more more up uh because the pandemic kind of hit and took away what makes New York special. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and great point. We were just sitting there. I'm sitting at home, and I was like, I could literally live anywhere now. Mm-hmm. We we don't do anything. Right. I go to the supermarket. I go I go work out, and I come back home, and that's yeah. it. I'm just hanging out with my family. As long as I could bring you, I can I can literally live at, uh, anywhere. And, uh, and New York's kind of going back to normal a little bit, but I think winter is going to hit hard again. I, for me, it's not worth the money that you pay if That's you're not going to get the amenities right. of New York. Which New York is, the amenity of New York is that it's New York. Yes, yep. exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And if you don't have that and you're still having to pay New York prices, yeah, for me, right. it's not worth yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Last couple of things, there's, uh, I wanted to, to touch on this because I don't know if a lot of people really knew about him. There's a friend of yours passed away, hit and run uh, mm-hmm. about a year ago, maybe it was. Yeah. Um, I forgot what his name was. Matt Travis. Talk, talk to you because I knew you guys were very close to him, and I don't you know. Give let people know out there what kind of a guy he was. Yeah. So I, um, young kid, he he passed. He was twenty four, I think. You know, and uh, <laughs> I was I was training in the Bronx for a while. I was uh, 
going to a gym over there and and um he had started coming through with some guys that had just randomly started training and um we hit it off because he he reminded me of of how i was when i was out on the block and mm. just you know and um he still had that mentality when he came to train and you know we hit it off and we spoke a lot we had a lot of you know similar likings and and stuff like that but then um yeah, I started training him. I was like one of the first guys oh, to train. Yeah, him. I was I was one of the first guys to to start training him, and then I had told him, "Yo, you should really go to like House of Glory and get trained by Amazing Red and all these guys." And and um, yeah, and then he started doing that. But he uh, he embodied like those those guys that we spoke about that uh had no direction had no no you know and he um he like believed in this wrestling shit like he he was like this is what's gonna take me out the hood this is what's gonna allow me to give get my mom out the hood and give her a better life these were like he was the embodiment of of proud and powerful mm. like that kid was uh yeah, uh, not not to interrupt you, but uh, I remember specifically uh, we had a conversation not, not too long before he uh, unfortunately passed away. But he was just like, uh, man, that's all, all he was focusing on uh, was wrestling. He was like all in on it. He was just like, yeah, I'm staying positive. He's like, I don't even go hang out in my block anymore. I literally leave my house. I go straight to wrestling training. I go right back. I go to work. I go right back. And he was one of those people that would just hang out in the corner and just get into nonsense with other people. And he was just so happy and so generous. It, it just, I know people don't like to speak ill of the dead, but I, I would say this if, if he was still with us. He was such a humble and nice kid. And it sucked, man, that he was yeah. such a good person, like really such a good person. And he came from that shitty upbringing and, and found positivity out of it and, and it came out of it. And uh, that day, he was just watching wrestling. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That That's what he was doing. He was at his friend's house watching wrestling, and he was riding back bike back home. And, you know, yeah. unfortunately, it happened, yeah. But, wow. Like you said, I, I wanted to at least mention his name, you know? Yeah, I appreciate it. God bless yeah. Matt Travis there, right? Yeah. Uh, last thing, bring it back on a happy level. Of all the stuff we've done in our circle-wise, we kind of talked about it on the podcast, but we've had a lot of, a lot of fun. We've mm -hmm. had great matches. But there's been a lot of ridiculousness, too. Uh, <laughs> does anything stick out to you guys as being some of your favorite moments over the last year? Lifting a big, huge box up and your dad coming out of <laughs> was probably, for me, one of the great. And then him giving all of us Rangers jerseys is probably the greatest. That'll be with me forever. Yeah, that <laughs> that'll, that'll, I, I could remember you early in the day trying to explain it to him, and he's like, so I'm just going to sit there? And you're like, yes, dad, you're going to sit in this chair and they're going to lift the It's a wrestling thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, it's funny because he had a bag under his chair and he couldn't get the bag out. It was stuck on the chair. So he was like, when you pulled the box off, he was trying to get the bag with the jerseys off and he was like kind of sitting and standing at the same time. <laughs> How about you, uh, Ortiz? Um, oh man, there were so many. I'm trying to think. Uh, I got, I'll, I'll jump in as you're thinking. I, that, that, when you got hit with the fucking bell, on Stadium Stampede, I had it was literally like I don't even remember what time it was at that point seven in the morning or something or, or six or four, four. 
I, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> like even just thinking about it. It's one of those things, just thinking about it for a couple of days. Uh, I was laughing so hard. And then we did that thing the next day with the box of the, of the stadium stampede shirts up yeah, by the yeah, yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah. What? That's a, lot of, that's a lot of shirts. That's a lot of shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was great. The first take of that, he almost blew my eardrum out. <laughs> I was, I was well, no, like, it was the first take I wasn't so loud. And then I overcompensated for the second. Yeah, I was I like, right whoa. in his ear. Yeah. The other one I like too is when we got the orange juice bath. I said, "What?" Like we were before. I'm like, why don't you take the bump and kind of swim around in it? And once that happened, I remember it was like it was cold and it kind of smelled. And then you were still doing it. And then I was like, "Would you stop it, you idiot?" Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's done. Like it was half a shoot. Like stop it already. <laughs> I think your dad and also you getting the uh, the spray paint in Stadium Stampede. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was great. Yeah, that, was, that was that was a good. That was one. still one of the greatest. You got anything? Um. I mean, we were just talking about Stadium Stampede would probably be one of my... It was just fun just to be on that field. I mean, it, it was long, but it, it was all worth it at the end. And yeah. I think that was one of my favorite things. And I was just like, man, I wish we could just wrestle like this all the time. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> just make movies. That. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the other one that I loved, too, was, uh, was uh, the Flim Flam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I had that idea is that my niece was spending a lot of time at our house because she has just come out of school and she was on the TikTok. And then my daughter's on the TikTok. I'm like, well, so you came up with the idea, Santana, of us doing something. Like, mm -hmm. we were all talking to each other. And then that became the bubbly bunch for the three or four weeks we did it. Mm -hmm. And so for the week two, I was like, we should do our own TikTok. And Kevin Sullivan's, yeah, but you can't call it TikTok. I'm like, well, what am I going to call it? <laughs> Somehow Flim Flam came up. How many takes did it take for you guys to do that? Uh, it took me a while. So my girlfriend was recording me. And she would like shake or something and she was like messing up the shot so we were getting into an argument and i was like come on man <laughs> like but it took it took a couple of shots to get it but yeah one of the main it took yeah it took me like four shots but one of the one of them i wish i would have kept because i'm doing like my girl's recording me i'm doing the the whole dance and in the background here my daughter go papi you look like an idiot <laughs> <laughs> Should have cut that in. Yeah, yo, I should have. But she said it so loud too, and, and like I stopped mid dance, and I was like, "Can I work here?" <laughs> like I'm my daughter Sierra filmed all my stuff, and she was thirteen, and you know she she's just a teenager who knows how to use the phone, mm -hmm. and so come here, just one more shot. Dad, my friend is coming. But did you, no, just give me five more minutes. Mm -hmm. Film it this way. Okay, one more time. Just yeah, one, yeah. Dad, but she did it. So you get the kids involved. <laughs> Dudes, uh, it's great working with you. And uh, once again, congratulations on an amazing match last week. And let's, uh, let's do it again this week. Hell yeah. yeah. Thank Thanks, you, boys. Chris. Cheers.